my only intent is to inspire all your listeners around the world, whether they're male, female, Protestant, Catholic, black, white, Jew, Gentile, gay, straight, rich or poor, to inspire them to rise higher after this pandemic. Let's pay attention to what we're doing now. And you give that vivid example of the young woman sitting in the bath listening, or maybe the old man sitting in the bath in New York City, and maybe he's first generation Irish, or maybe he's second generation Irish. Let's let's give them the attention to that thought about rising higher, and let's inspire them to rise higher, and maybe they can inspire their grandchild to rise higher, or their child, or maybe more importantly themselves. I can't help anybody in the world rise higher if I don't rise higher myself. And I've worked incredibly hard at that in the last 18 months. For more where that came from and to hear the complete extended cut of this interview in full with no ads every week and to get access to the full back catalogue of every single episode that we have ever released for just the price of a pint every month, go to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. That's the small talk. Now let's go down to business. Now, your programme. What's the big idea? Well, they've grown to know the Irish much better. We've now got to know how largely their mind works. I moved over here and immediately I had to up my game. I could not have done the job I, I did for quite a number of years in Ireland. I had to go and earn my living in England. I think a lot of it's in my hair. I think there's a lot of Ireland in here. I had an Irish upbringing. 20 years after an Irishman couldn't get a fucking job, we had the presidency. It was some heightened awareness of how hard my tribe had had it in London. No blacks, no Irish, no dogs. Never has a nation so small inspired so much in another. So you could say there's always been a little green behind the red, white, and blue. Our family is very Irish, you know. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special announcement to make at this stage. Would you welcome, please, the wonderful Charlie Thrigo! Last time I spoke to Enda McNulty, it was March, late March 2020, and we were deep, deep, deep in the belly of the beast. None of us knew what the hell to do. Some of us lost our jobs, some of us lost loved ones. And coping with that loss was the challenge that lay ahead of us all. To this day, I still get emails about the impact of that conversation and what it did for people. Because what Enda did was he laid out a kind of mini blueprint for how to live well in lockdown. So who better to talk to as we finally emerge from it? If you don't already know, Enda McNulty has made it his business to help other people to survive, thrive and achieve in times of adversity, loss, grief, depression, uncertainty, massive pressure, especially when expectations are high. He has been the high performance coach for not only big companies like uh, Kellogg's and Facebook, but also for Grand Slam winning Irish rugby teams and the Leinster rugby squad. Before all that, of course, he was a winner of seven Ulster titles, an All-Ireland medal and an All-Star with Armagh. If you'd like to hear the story of how he went from there to here, the CEO of McNulty Performance, a business he built from the ground up, you can find it in the Irishman Abroad archive. Sign up over on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad to gain access to hundreds of episodes and to hear this conversation in full, including an added 30 minutes of our chat on finding uh, the light in the dark. 
members can also get as many as four episodes a week including Sonia O'Sullivan and the now legendary Irishman running abroad Marion McKeown in Washington for the Irishman in America and of course our cultural recommendations show the selection box which has been burning up the iTunes charts this week we cannot do it without your help you pay for all sorts of things during your week I understand if you want this show to continue please come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad and become a member today our chosen charity partner as always is jigsaw.ie an incredible Irish youth mental health charity doing amazing things for young people literally saving lives on a daily basis pop over there have a look at what they do jigsaw.ie and if you can Support them with a couple of extra quid this week. Enda McNulty, it's fantastic to have you back on the Irish Man Abroad. It does feel a little bit like an eternity since we spoke just as the pandemic began. I had you on. If listeners want to go back into the archive and enjoy that conversation, it's there for you. But really, you were setting the stall out, kind of putting out the jumpers for goalposts for people to kind of how to think about this as an opportunity and I kind of pushed you on a couple of things, I think, as I remember it, because a lot of people were just in a very dark place. Where do you see it right now in terms of what you're meeting and what you're seeing in terms of people's response to things finally opening up? Well, first of all, I have to say that the last two or three interviews I've done on Irishman Abroad, I must confess that my preparation my engagement and being in the flow wasn't good enough. So right off the bat, I have to say that. I think the last three interviews we had, Jarlath, I was busy running, going to the next meeting, going to the next big performance, in between performances. And I hope that it's okay for your listeners around the world that today I got a real good chance to calm all systems down, to have only one intent in my mind and, and in my heart, and that is to impact them during this Irishman Abroad interview. So I'd like to start there, if it's okay. Mm, uh, absolutely. And I, I, before you go on, I really do feel that a lot of people I meet are, are uh, experiencing the power of just that, that idea of actually being in what you're doing. I'm trying to get better. I guess that's always a work in progress, isn't it? In your world, in my world, in everybody's world, we're trying to get better at engaging with the now. And you mentioned a year ago when we had our last conversation, where is the world at? There's lots of progress we've made in the last 12 months. There's been a lot of tragedy for people in their lives, unfortunately. There's been a lot of suffering. Some aspects of the world or some regions in the world, they're rocking it with vaccine rollout. And some regions in the world, unfortunately, haven't even got 1% of people vaccinated. So I love that phrase, or maybe I hate that phrase, vaccine apartheid. Unfortunately, we're seeing that right across the world today. In Ireland, we're in a reasonably good place. In the UK, as you know, Jarlath, they're away ahead in terms of the vaccine rollout. Very much due to the people in Health UK and Health uh, England. In, in Ireland, I've been pretty fortunate in that, by and large, my family, my friends, my community have weathered the COVID storm pretty strongly. But I know that is very fortunate. I've been extremely fortunate and yet humbled because of the tragedy, the catastrophes that a lot of people, a lot of nations have faced. One of the, the men that I currently coach, and he's a friend of mine and a board member, he's in Mumbai as we speak. 
So he's facing a real tragedy. He's facing into a real storm. He's facing real adversity. I think in the Western world, we've been sheltered to a large extent by the atrocities and the tragedies that have been faced in much more impoverished environments. Mm. No question about it. I mean, I think pulling back the lens and getting context on whatever it is you're facing is crucial. I, I mean, we talk about it with Sonia most weeks as I go through my own injury journey, that thing of seeing how, no matter how bad you have it, someone else has it worse. But that doesn't change how bad you have it and how you can only understand the world through the lens that you see it. I, I do th- agree the benefit of looking abroad and seeing these things and appreciating that it could be way worse. But we're looking at a lot of people and uh, personal friends and uh, people I don't know. And I'm just witnessing and reading the stories of people who've had their careers, their industries and their lives decimated personally, professionally, financially. It's tremendous anxiety now for those people. I, I just wondered what to start things off. Where do you even begin with someone like that in your game? Like, where do you? Where do you start when someone has basically had the rug pulled out from what they thought was going to be their future? Well, I've come across a huge amount of people. And I think the last time we discussed this, we thought there was a danger of people getting the rug pulled from under them. Now, the reality is many thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people around the world have had the rug pulled from under them. And, and let's, let's almost qualify that. By the rug pulled from under them, we mean maybe it's loss of a loved one. That's extremely challenging, of course. Perhaps it is their career. They've had their career wiped away and maybe they built a, a retail business over 25 years and suddenly there's no business. Maybe they've been in performance arts and there's been no live shows for now over 18 months, maybe even more in nearly 20 months. So lots of people around the world have had the rug pulled from under them. Where would you start? I would start with leading themselves, caring for themselves, self-care. I would start with understanding that it's not what happens in life that's important, as we always say on Irishman Abroad. It's how we respond to what happens in life that's important. And that's the crux of resilience. Between the stimulus and the response, we've got a choice. Thankfully, we've got a choice. And a lot of people, thankfully, have made positive choices. They've chose to respond in a positive way. Maybe they're reinventing themselves, as I know you're very proactive at doing, Jonathan maybe they're giving back and they're helping people who are suffering even more. And I know it's almost trivial to use that phrase that the secret to living is giving. I find that incredibly powerful. I find it as almost mental and emotional medicine. When I feel down in the dumps, to go out of my way to help those that are more struggling, those that are more suffering. And it's easy to say that, but when you do it, it always lifts you. I've never found an exception to that. And more importantly, never mind me, more importantly, the people we meet around the world, when you give them a nudge to go and help those more impoverished, more struggling, more suffering, what we find is they come back more uplifted. They come back more spirited. They come back more, yes, more resilient. So going back to the start, I'd say start with leading yourself, start with self-care, start with giving to others that are struggling more, 
Start with your purpose. What is your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? If you know, you're going to be much better at weathering this storm. And there's lots more, let's say, waves of this storm to come. That's one thing for sure. Mm. You know, you said a mouthful there because I feel for the people that were perhaps following your guidance and they were properly in the the mindset of taking some brave choices towards what their mission is, right? So let's say, for example, you're an accountant and you're like, oh, uh, I've never, this has never lit my fire. It's always put money on the bank, bread on the table, food on my family, as George Bush would say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's not the thing that hops me out of the bed in the morning, the weekend and getting to be with my, my buddies doing my music is the thing. Just for example, just as a hypothetical, now, that person's in the midst of pursuing that and trying to go that direction. This thing comes along and it's it doesn't even put context or reframe things. It's such a new world in terms of priorities for people that many of us would be reluctant to take the courageous and brave moves on our endeavours that we might have at the end of 2019. We may have had a plan back then that was all about what you were saying about, that's my mission, that's what lights my fire. But now my priority has to be survival and my family's future, for example. What do you say to that person there who's finding it harder and harder to get back to that courage that they had in 2019 because it just isn't practical anymore? I did an interview with Keith Duggan in the Irish Times, probably about a week or two after we last had our interview on Irishman Abroad. And the title on the interview was Stand Guard at the Door of Your Own Mind. Now, that sounds a lovely, strong, almost formidable theme and title. But what does it actually mean? It means for that accountant that you mentioned, maybe his or her career has been hugely impacted by COVID. But if they get in control of their own mind, if they control their own thoughts, if they control how they respond to COVID or any other adversity, because COVID's only one adversity we have in our lives. Lots of people are now facing secondary adversities like their mental health has been impacted or their emotional health or their career or their financial health has been impacted. So that concept of standing guard at the door of our own mind means that we have to own what goes on in our own mind. We have to own our emotional state. We have to own our spiritual health. And yes, we have to own our overall leadership of ourselves. Now, that sounds a mouthful, as you said earlier on. And I know very early in the conversation, we're getting very deep. No, why not? But but let's get practical early rather than getting, I guess, early, furry early. Getting practical early. Stand guard at the door of your own mind. We have to work at that. It's not reading a book. It's not listening to a podcast. It's not listening to Jonathan Sonio Sullivan, which is going to be helpful. But it's the work to do after that. For the accountant, if he or she is down in the dumps and they've had their rug pulled from under themselves, and you mentioned earlier on their mission in the context of their career, I, I think a mission is very, very often separate to a person's career. And I think that's part of the problem. I think if your mission is tied into your career, 
you've got a hell of a chance of being much more resilient. And I'm tying purpose and mission and career and life together. If you've got a why to survive adversity, you'll find almost any other how. I'm using the words there, of course, of Viktor Frankl, who survived the Holocaust. And yes, I know that's given a bit of a perspective in terms of a million X more scale of difficulty than I'm enduring or that you're enduring, Jarlath. However, he was the person who said that if you have a big why, you find a way to get through the challenges and the difficulties. And maybe your why is that you want to inspire your young girl or your young boy, or maybe your classroom, or maybe your company, maybe your community, maybe even your country, that you want to inspire them, that when they face difficulty in their lives, that this is the way to lead through it. So if you find that way, and you even think about that way for a second, already it's allowing us to focus in a different way, to have a different mindset, to have a different emotional response, and therefore to act differently. Jarlath Reader, heading over to London to see what lies beyond the shores, Mike, and I really hope it works out tremendously well for him. Hello, you're listening to the Irish Man Abroad podcast with me, Jarlath Regan. This is episode one. I am extremely excited about it. The move to England seems to have worked out for the best as Jarlath's chat show podcast and Irishman Abroad has a million listeners every week. It's always up in the top one, two or three of the most popular podcasts in a given week. Irishman Abroad has earned rave reviews for fancy newspapers like The Guardian, The Irish Times. I listened to a lovely interview this week by Jarlath Regan on the Excellence and Irishman Abroad podcast. He has just returned from a trip to the Edinburgh Fringe where he recorded the 100th episode of his hugely popular broadcast series, An Irish Man Abroad. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm a big fan and it's going from strength to strength. The experience in Europe was beautiful. Jar with Regan, he did a great job. I met him in Edinburgh. The one, the one I like is the Irishman Abroad one, and mainly because the, his interview style is so brilliantly ramshackle. At the start, it really annoyed me. It has to, it really annoyed me at the very start. When they sweat the technique, I think it's ramshackle. Yeah. No, I, I think Jarlath actually really is ahead of the game, actually, when he's interviewing. It's uh, an honour, Jarlath, to love your podcast. So <laughs> well, thanks, thanks a lot. Somebody told me about your podcast a few years ago, and I obviously travel a lot. The Irishman Abroad definitely take the box, and I've downloaded a lot of your podcasts. And Most of all, it's a time for honesty, lads. Honest Ken early there. How are you doing, Mark? <laughs> Honest Ken, you showed the way in the very first broadcast I heard in 2017. This is from an Irishman Abroad. I think you had half of the uh, previous uh, Irish rugby team on it. I was getting, uh, for God's sake, will you, will, you, will you do me a favour? Will you get him <laughs> off my back? Will you just talk to him? Will you? <laughs> you know... I hear everything you're saying there. But I guess my question is about practicality and how, you know, I think myself and Sam McCardle, somebody, you know, fabulous Irish actor who at the moment is doing unbelievable work. He's got a a one man show that's destined for big things at the moment. We did a seminar with you before and we discussed on it the difficulty of marrying your ambition or your your path to those <laughs> around you, right? So uh, I'm mad keen to inspire, uh, you know, the people around me to do X, Y, and Z. But 
my wife is like or my girlfriend is like but we're getting to spend less and less time together as you pursue this <laughs> <laughs> I'm, la I'm laughing because when you sent me through this on, on the notes in preparation for this Irish Man Abroad podcast I, I was thinking to myself am I going to be true to Jarlath and his listeners around the world or am I going to bullshit I'm going to be true in my adult life I spent the vast majority of the first part of my adult life chasing after a dream on the football pitch. You, you know that. We spoke of that often before on, on your podcast, Jonathan. And, and everything else suffered and everything else struggled. I mean everything else. My financial well-being, my career well-being, my relationship well-being, my development well-being, my relationship with my friends, my girlfriend at the time, my relationship with my family, everything else suffered and struggled as a result because my number one mission in life was to become a better footballer. Okay, I was lucky. I was on a brilliant team. We achieved a lot of success. We had a lot of amazing times. And I loved that, by the way. I loved that pursuit of being the best footballer I could possibly be. And I was a professional, even though I wasn't paid the money. In other words, I trained. Uh, we had a mentality. We trained more professional than the professionals, even though we weren't paid money. Now, why am I saying that in the context of your question? Then, when I was about 25 years of age, this gentleman who was about 65, who was one of the negotiators on the Good Friday Agreement, he was a barrister, a name, man of the name of Paddy O'Hanlon. He sat me down one day, Arma were rocking, we were living the dream, I was living the dream. And he said to me, Enda, what are you going to do when the ball is over? And I said, uh, what do you mean, Paddy? He said, what are you going to do when it's all over? I said, but when what's all over? When the football's all over. I was 25, I was rocking it, living the dream, on and off the pitch, not a worry in the world. And he says, but you know, but football, when your career's over in football, what are you going to do with your life? And I, I, I literally was stopped in my tracks, almost like a juggernaut slamming against a bridge. I was stopped in my tracks and I, I stuttered, I stumbled and I stopped. I, I says, I... I, I, I don't know. Paddy, I, I don't know. He says, I'll tell you what, Enda. We'll meet here again in the Canal Court Hotel at this table on Monday, the 21st of October, which is exactly three months' time, if you know the answer to that question. And I'll help you, and I'll mentor you, and I'll guide you. If you know the answer to that question. If you don't know the answer to that question, Enda, I'm not going to mentor you, I'm not going to guide you, and I'm not going to give you advice in life. When I come back there in 90 days' time, on the 21st of October, I had clarified my own mission. I knew what I wanted out of my life, not out of my career, not out of what I was doing in football. And I had done a lot of deep thinking on that. I'd done a lot of deep reflection on that. So you mentioned Sam McCardle, who is an amazingly high-potential young actor. I think that he's going to get more out of his acting career. Your listeners are going to get more out of their life if they're clear on that purpose, on that mission. What is the way? What's the thing that's getting them to study? What's the thing that's motivating them to learn? What's the reason that they want to get that degree? Why do they want to set that company up? Why do they want to leave that company? Why do they want to create the best online, on-stage performance in the world? I'm yeah, thinking they're a bit older. Let me put in here re really quick, Enda, because I sometimes listen to people like talk about this the why, the why, the why, what's the why? And for a big part of my life, I went because 
I want to be a success, you know, <laughs> I want to have a nice house and, you know, but really when you're talking about a why, I only realised this in the last couple of years that you really have to go underneath the thing, right? You have to dig right into the earth below it so that, yeah, you want Irishman Abroad to be a really good podcast that people enjoy and that you have a great reputation for, whatever, right? But really underneath that is, the why there is connection. I mean, that it's one word. Like, you know, just when we're talking about whys, because I think sometimes when people hear, you got to find out why, it's actually getting into, well, what is the actual DNA of this idea? And the DNA of this idea, just as an example, is connection of Irish people abroad to the past, to the future, to lives that we've never heard about. And for me as well, like, let's be honest, I get a massive amount. <laughs> Whatever you listening to this, get out of this. Imagine having the conversation. So what I get out of this is a hundred times what anyone else does. And I feel I would do it for free. It's not possible to do that. So I'm very grateful to our patrons. But to me, getting to that why was what you were talking about, just from a personal perspective. Am I right in all of that in the way I'm I'm getting in there? Well, your your listeners are probably thinking, and uh, you haven't answered Jarlis' question. You asked me a question about how to try to chase after your dreams in your career, as well as living a good life. And you're asking me, do I think you can do that? And I, I went back to that story in, in the Canal Court Hotel on Patio Hannon because I wasn't doing that. I was failing miserably at it. And I'm not, I'm, I'm t- trying to tame my ego every single day. I'm not embarrassed anymore to say that. I was miserably failing at flourishing in all aspects of my life. Now, I believe that people can achieve that because I'm lucky to have met a lot of people and I coach a lot of people who are better at integrating an amazing, successful career, whether it's in sport or performance arts or business or maybe in a medical career or perhaps it's an amazing teacher as well with the rest of their life. I don't believe in work-life balance. I don't believe in separating your professional life with your work life. I believe there's only life and I think that there's some practical ways, come back to your earlier nudge to me, and uh, let's make it practical. Plan your week out, not just for your work life or your performance life. What 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 are you planning for your life? What are you going to do perhaps with your family or your friends? What are you going to do for yourself? Because if we don't plan for what we're going to do with ourselves, never mind our work or professional, never mind our, our children or our families, well, then how can we achieve it? So I think let's think about work-life integration rather than work-life balance. Let's think about life rather than our career or our, let's say, our success pathway. Let's think about prioritization. The vast majority of people in my experience don't know how to prioritize well. And furthermore, they don't know how to say no. I'm getting much better at saying no to the things that aren't aligned with where I want to go in my life or I want my family to go or where I want my company to go or where I want, let's say, my community to go if it's talking about philanthropy. And I know that you guys are impacting Jigsaw as an example. So let me get this right, because I think that's a great answer. Like uh, the power of the no, like really that's again the the thing I didn't have either uh, and that when I had that seminar with you and Sam McArdle 
and we were both kind of looking at ourselves and going, was that question really answered that day? <laughs> did, did we really get to the heart of, well, how can I, because we have all these examples. I mentioned these in the preparatory notes for this. We have all these examples of these great people who've done amazing things, you know, the Jordans, the woods and the alleys, and most of them leave a trail of destruction behind them. People didn't like the guy, but boy, oh boy, he was a winner. You know, uh, there was a time when Roy Keane was the, you, you know, the the watermark for excellence. Uh, I remember Jared Gilroy saying to me that he nearly operated around the office like Roy Keane at a certain time. Such was the power of the personality. And then, as you say, and year, years go by and you realise, well, that mightn't have been the best way and that there probably is a way to high achieve without absolutely wrecking the heads of the people around you and ending up divorced. Plenty of people don't think that. Plenty of people think, no, no, you've got to be ready to sacrifice that marriage if it gets in the way of the ambition. And I find that there probably isn't a, a definitive answer to this. And that sometimes when I come to people like yourself, they give me an answer. <laughs> and I realise through listening to it that the only way I can find an answer for a lot of these questions is in myself and in my personal situation. Do you ever reach that point with people where you're attempting to provide advice, but ultimately you have to turn it over to them and go, now you have to apply that to your specific situation and I, Enda McNulty, cannot do that? Absolutely. I, I think average coaches tell people the answer. I think inexperienced coaches, egotistical coaches give people the answer. I, I don't want to give your listeners the answer, but I would encourage your listeners to go and reflect on the answer. And that's the magic. To go and reflect on what does success mean for them in their lives? Have they even stopped to think about that? The good news is about the COVID pandemic. It's forced us all around the world to not get on that flight and be busy running and chasing. It's forced us not to be on the underground in London. It's forced us not to be, recently I was coaching a guy who listens to Irishman Abroad in Bangkok. And he listens to your show every single week. But he's saying that he's really enjoying being stopped, not being the tuk-tuks every day in Bangkok, chasing across the city to get to the office. He's enjoyed being forced to stop and think about what is his measure of success? Everybody's measure of success is different. Everybody listening in, they'll have a different measure of success. The reality is the vast majority of people in my experience are too busy running to even reflect on that. The last year has given an opportunity. Whether people have grabbed that opportunity or not, that's a different scenario. And we need to continue to go back to that. What is our true north? What is that big thing in life we want to achieve? And maybe it's not even, you know, for the next 30, 40 years. What, what does success look like this year? And I do believe with everything in my heart that we can achieve success in different aspects of our life, whether it's personally, professionally, whether it's our health, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our financials, whether that's our career, whether that's our friends, our community, our impact. I firmly believe we can achieve success in all those areas. But we have to be mindful of those areas. We have to manage that. So there you have it. That's a little taste of my conversation with Enda McNulty. You really need to hear the rest of this. A lot of fun in the final section of this. And of course, you'll get to hear every episode in full, uncut, 
no ads if you sign up over at patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. As I say, we pay for a lot of stuff each week. I simply can't make this show without your support. So massive thanks to all the patrons who requested this episode and who I'm in regular contact with to design and drive this show forward into the future beyond this strange, strange time in our life. You'll love the second half of this episode. Come on over patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Brian Connolly's on production, John Mardo's extra research, and Tina and Mikey make it all possible. I will talk to you on Tuesday with Sonia Sullivan. <laughs>